Hey, friends, and welcome to The World Transformed. This program is your guide to an astounding future that lies ahead, a future that will be here sooner than you think, and one that you have an important role to play in bringing about. At The World Transformed, we want to introduce you to what may be the greatest transformation of them all, the one that begins with considering and acting on the almost limitless possibilities that lie before us, and that ends somewhere beyond the reach of the human imagination. So, when does this amazing future begin? Well, today is the day. My name is Phil Bowermaster, and with me in the virtual studio is my co-author, co-futurist, and co-host, Stephen Gordon. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Phil. How are you? Well, I am super fantastic. How are you, my friend? Man, I'm doing great. We got to Friday, and it's an all-geek-out show today, so that's That's, that's right. Great. You know, we, we, we worked hard on Monday and Wednesday with our philosophical topics, we got deep into the heavy philosophy on Monday. Then on Wednesday, we still went philosophical, but in a more practical way and, and gave, you know, kind of heading towards the weekend. And now here we are Friday, and we decided we'd treat ourselves. We're going to do an all-geek-out show. But it's still there's still some heavy sledding here because uh, I think there's going to be some points of contention. We're going to talk about movies. And it seems like lately, Stephen, you and I disagree about as often as we agree about movies so i don't know well you know uh, I, I think you're a little happy you? Phil. you know i mean uh you gotta you gotta you know there there has to be you know uh some fun to be had in even uh even movies that are not worthy of an oscar you know i, I can i, I can i can still i can slum and have a good time I, but you you got an eyebrow on me I am guilty. I, I will I will attest to being I, I am highbrow. I, I want I, I like smart movies, I like intelligence in movies, but I also like Strange Brew. I also like uh, you know <laughs> Big Trouble in Little China. These are among my favorite movies, right? So, yeah. Well here here's here's where I think um, we are, okay, with franchises, because we're gonna talk about Cloverfield and to me, there was nothing more exciting than learning that it was a franchise by way of discovering that – oh, by the way, there are going to be Cloverfield, all three movies, spoilers throughout this show. Okay, so if you haven't seen all three Cloverfield movies, go watch them, come back and listen to this show. We're also going to talk about other movie franchises, and I'm just giving a general spoiler warning right now. Okay, we are going to spoil any movie we talk about if we – if we so desire. <laughs> but, uh, so here we go. So I'm going to talk about Cloverfield right. because we had a new Cloverfield – a new entry in the Cloverfield franchise right? last week. And it was very exciting. It got announced at the Super Bowl. Suddenly there's an ad for it. Nobody had heard anything much about it. And suddenly there's an ad for it at the Super Bowl. And it's like, it's on Netflix now. Go watch it. So that was cool. Yeah. Because that was very much in keeping with the kind of oddball marketing they've done for all the movies in this series. Right. The first, the first Cloverfield movie was very cleverly marketed with very, very little information getting out in the odd little video trailer showing, you know, people running around and screaming and it's very unclear what's happening and it was handheld and shaky and it looked kind of like some kind of Blair Witch sort of thing, but also some kind of catastrophes going on. I mean, you really had no idea going in to the first movie Cloverfield, what it was going to be. Right. Really? I mean, I didn't. And when the Cloverfield, the 10 Cloverfield Lane came out, it wasn't even clear that, that that had anything to do with the first Cloverfield movie, right? They, if, if you, you could have been as I was, somebody who said, well, you know what, I like the name Cloverfield. It's interesting that they used that in the title here. Could there be a connection? You know, there was just this kind of, is it possible there's some connection between this movie and that movie? And you watch it, and it's a completely different kind of movie, right? Yeah. Um, 
which which is what makes in my opinion what makes it so great is because it then takes this turn and then suddenly it's like oh, okay well it's interestingly affiliated with that movie right you know what i'm saying i mean what was your take on the first two cloverfield movies and the connection between them how did how did that all work for you steve well, the first movie I'm speaking is speaking as a highbrow guy. I liked it. Okay. 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 The uh, the first movie is a found footage movie. You know, very much like yes. Blair Witch Project, right? It's, yes, uh, it's exactly. Most, it's, yes. The conceit of the movie is that uh, the entire thing is somebody's camcorder just sitting in somebody's camcorder. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, throughout the, this terrible night where uh, the, the, this monster attacks New York City and and they, they get footage of all of this and and the tension that of, of the group and everything. And what's what's remarkable about how well it's done is that, uh, you know, there, there are times they the, that the camera flips around and looks the other direction. There's no, you know, there's no crew, you know, behind right. the, it's, it's obvious that, you know, basically it is being filmed with the actors that you know about, you know, I mean, pretty much uh, by and large. And, and I'm sure that they, they had, at times they had a crew that was there, but, but they they did it in such a way that it really felt like it was just being filmed by the the people that you actually see, right? Right, and and that's how Blair the original Blair Witch was too. Right, and it it worked very well. That's that. right. I, that, it was, it was it's great now. It, 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 I, I will like say it. this: if you have a problem with motion sickness at all, the Blair Witch is even worse than Cloverfield for me in that way. And and the way I um, I was able to enjoy Cloverfield is that I uh, I put it on a computer screen and then very small. The, the smaller the, the the viewing surface that you watch something, the the less problems you're going to have. I, I would have I would have thrown up in the movie theater. I mean, that's yeah. yeah. The shaky cam business. It just it would have. And uh, and I have a son that's even worse. And so you know, when he and I both enjoy the movie, it's you just we just watch it in a very small screen, and maybe take breaks. You know, but um, it's 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 worth seeing. It's 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 very it's a very cool. Uh, movie and well, and very well done. Uh, the second movie is a completely different movie. It's I, I'm going to just say that John Goodman just completely steals that movie. I mean, oh, he makes it absolutely. You know, yeah. I mean, so the the, 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 uh, the aliens at the end they're about one fourth as scary as uh, John Goodman. Um, but uh, that's, you know, that's interesting. That's yeah. interesting. It's true. It's a relief to be out there fighting the aliens. <laughs> it really is to get away from him. <laughs> <laughs> to get away from John Goodman. So but I mean, we can talk about the the the, the plot the, the plot of the first one. It, it is found footage, but it's found footage in a city that's undergoing an attack by a huge sea monster, basically. Right. So it's a Godzilla f- found footage. Film, yeah, it's a kaiju found footage movie, right? And yes. Uh, yes. And at the end of Clover, you know, uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane, it turns out most of the movie you think is, you know, John Goodman's just uh, crazy, and there's nothing going on outside. Uh, you know, you're in this space with a crazy man who apparently thinks the world's ending, and you're his prisoner. Basically, that's the pl- that's the setup for Ten Cloverfield Lane. Right. Until, as you were saying, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Go ahead. Yeah, but uh, you know, and and you have some indication something weird's going on outside, uh, but uh, you you don't you really don't know. But once you get out there, yeah, wow, we've got some really scary aliens out there too. So, you know, sort of out of the frying pan into the fire kind of situation. So we got aliens in one and kaiju in the other, and how do they connect, right? And and besides the name, and so I had I had basically in my mind. 
said, Phil, well, we, maybe it's meant to be like a Twilight Zone series, right, where the, yeah. the episodes don't fit together. It's just, okay, you like this weird movie? I'm giving you another weird movie uh, right. under, under a similar brand name, and, uh, and, and you'll like this one too, although it's completely different. And so yeah. that's, that's the way, after the second movie, I kind of said, okay, maybe they're connected, but maybe they're not. And, and here's something else interesting about uh, both of the sequels. Both uh, yeah. uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane and and uh, Paradox started their lives as movies that were not Cloverfield related at all. Standalone movies. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And uh, they were, and and basically Abrams brought it in, bo- brought both of them in, and I believe the original title for uh, Cloverfield Paradox was The God Particle. The God Particle. That's right. Yeah, and they were and, still calling uh, it The God Particle when they announced it was going to be the third movie in the in the Cloverfield series. Right. So it was interesting when that came on, I said Cloverfield paradox. I'm like, Oh, is this the God particle? And it was clearly, I mean, as soon as yeah. you start watching it, it's like, that's, that's what it's about. You make some really good points here, Stephen. One is that there was no apparent big connection between the two, the stories in the first two. And apparently we had a franchise, a series of movies connected just by weirdness. Right. And also right. maybe by sort of a, monster movie feel to it, right? You, you wouldn't expect the next one to be like uh, Exorcist or Demons or something like that, right? It's going to be a science fiction-y kind of a thing. I mean, right, at least right. that much. Well, and that's what I thought. And I should, we should stop, though, and say that this is from the point of view of casual viewers, you know, which I would classify myself as a casual viewer. I was not involved in the ARG. Do you know what the ARG is, Phil? And I do not. Okay. ARG, something reality game, maybe uh, alternate reality game or something like that. Part of the marketing for Cloverfield is to get out on the Internet and try to solve these puzzles that are Cloverfield related. Okay. Oh, uh-huh. And it's considered canon. It's part of the Cloververse. Okay. If oh, you, interesting. Uh, as, if you, as you learn these different clues and stuff. And so the first two movies were actually tied together pretty well by this game that is canon. Right. But, and, and, but you would have to be deep into that game to know how and why. You know, John Goodman's character worked for a company that was at one point, you know, he was, he was in the Navy and uh, apparently was involved in, in, in something that, you know, back in the 70s that may have started all this stuff, you know. And so, including the, the, the monster attack on New York. So, I mean, that's, it's, uh, it, it was tied together by that game, which is considered canon, but Again, uh, from the point of view of casual observers, this, these were just completely unrelated movies. So, Well, and, and also I, I think that in addition to the game, there are things in the movies that tie yeah. them together. And if, if you're just a real diehard fan and you watch these things, there's people, they list all the Easter eggs and all the, the, the common things that, that occur between them. And apparently there's a lot more of that even in the Cloverfield Paradox than there was right. the first two. So, so, so there, are things, there are things running between them. It now, is, alter, by, by the way, the ARG does stand for Alternate Reality Games. So basically, when you're immersed into this, these websites and things like that, it's as if the websites are part of the... You, you, you are not looking at a website in our universe. You're looking at a website in their universe, right? And so, which right, will right, lead right. to some other obscure th- uh, website that, that uh, will give you some more clues. So that's, that's, that's what that's about. So. Interesting. Very yeah. cool. So, mm-hmm. so, okay, so here's Cloverfield Paradox. 
you got a space station orbiting Earth. Earth is in big trouble. Energy crisis is going on on Earth. So we've got an international group of folks up in space working on a particle accelerator that is somehow going to produce free energy for the whole planet. Not really explained very well, and that's fine. doesn't need to be explained any better than it is because you got your premise, right? Yeah. And j- just to hit you over the head with it, and I feel like they do kind of hit you over the head with it a little more than they need to, uh, we, we see a guy being interviewed on TV saying, no, this is going to release connections between universes and all kinds of terrible things will happen. And it's like, okay, that could have been more subtle, but all right, at least we know what's coming, right? We, we know right. that eventually right. they're going to fire this thing up and mayhem will ensue. They fire it up, mayhem ensues. And, and I have to say that probably the first, I don't know, half to two-thirds, somewhere in the, of the movie, I just really enjoyed a lot. All of the, we've got an alternate universe thing about to happen, then it starts to happen, and just the sheer weirdness of everything that goes on in that movie, I just loved it. Okay, I, I, I want to say that I was excited about it because I, I like that kind of stuff, and that, that isn't really often touched on in alternate universe-type stories. They're, they're not done as often as they should be anyway, and the weirdness of it, the scariness of it, the we might come up against something that just makes absolutely no sense to us possibilities don't get touched on very often. And here I'm thinking specifically about the arm, right? And it was cool. <laughs> yeah, how did the arm have a cl- how did the arm have a clue to give, right? I mean, it it actually gives a clue, right? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, just even even when you see it walking down the the hallway there. And I remember seeing that in the preview and I was like, this looks awesome. What the severed arms moving on their own. Count me yeah. in. And uh, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed all the weird very very much, and then it takes this turn and it becomes this spaceship is falling apart, wheels turning, we've got to save it, gravity thing, right? right. And I'm, I was just very disappointed by that turn, extremely disappointed by that turn. It, it seemed to me that they turned away from the weird, went to that, so they could have the big weird reveal at the end, which is surprise. This planet is maybe even the same Earth that the original Cloverfield was in, right? Because there's the big sea monster right at the end. And, and I felt they went overboard in tying things together. And they just as the change in tone of the second movie, right, from paranoid thriller to <laughs> UFO movie is what made that great. To me, that same change, which I guess they thought they were capitalizing on here, kind of ruined it for me. I was like, no, you can't do a gravity-style space adventure. Now I don't care. I want to see more weird stuff, right? I don't care about big wheels flying around in space and some guy's got to, you know, detach it or any of that kind of stuff. I was very disappointed by that. It seemed like that just – and I don't know if that was in the original God Particle script before it was ever a Cloverfield thing or what. And if it was, I think that's just a flaw in that story, right? Because you can't go weird and then come back. <laughs> it would have been much better if they'd started out with the – danger in space and then gone to weird right and had it end with the weird right. one man's opinion okay i, okay. I feel like that, that 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 would have been better and if they'd made the tie-in to the original movie more subtle stop hitting us over the head but uh, but again you know i'm, I'm highbrow Stephen. i like subtle things now um, <laughs> well here's here's the thing you are in Tell me how uh, you you're in great company practically every reviewer said that the movie's not great and it's pretty bad, in fact. And and we're, we're harder on it than you were, in fact, Phil. Said it was pretty bad. And I, I don't think that the production company had any faith in their movie. 
That's the reason it got dumped to Netflix. Okay. That said, and 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 maybe maybe this has a lot to maybe this colors my opinion of the movie. The fact that I don't have a lot of skin in this game, right? I've already got Netflix. I didn't have to spend one penny more to watch uh, Cloverfield Paradox, right? True, yes. And to me, if I compare that to like a just a made-for-television sci-fi Sharknado number number eight, you know, if I, you know, and 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 because that's that's the amount of skin I have in the game, right? I mean, it's it's a TV show now. Right? Right, right. Uh, okay. Then can I enjoy it as that and not have to, and and, and not feel like, oh man, you know, I'd, um, I, I, I spent, you know, I spent 50 bucks taking my family to this awful movie, you know. So no, no, I see that, what you're saying. Yeah. You know? No, I think I, that's, that's, that's true. But if you set the bar there. Yeah, yeah if I set the bar there, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, you know what? And I see the very problems you're talking about. But at the end, when the the monster rose up as uh, out of the cloud bank and uh, it's revealed, you know, oh gosh, I go, ah oh, man, that's okay. It's it's tied together now. Okay. And yeah. We, and yeah. and uh, so I didn't. It didn't bother me. To me, it was it was lowbrow, fun. The reviewer that I thought had had. Had a, had a good take on it. And said that you know what if you're if you're trying to do like a Twilight series, the thing you need to remember is you don't have to tie them together. And right, which is, is which is similar to your criticism, Phil. I kind of liked that they tried. To me, it, it, the thing about Cloverfield ought to be that you know what you got. What you've got here is a film series where you ought to be able to crank out for about fifteen to twenty million dollars movies on a once-every-other-year kind of basis forever. You know, you, t- you spend 15 or $20 million, you make $30 million, $40 million, and, and and just, you know, just keep them, keep them coming. That's what I, that's yeah. what I feel about it. And uh, Well, that's what they should do. Of course, you know they spent $40 million on this one. Okay, so, yeah, and then they, they, they're probably just going to break even with their de- – they've probably made some kind of deal with Netflix so that they managed to break even. Out Where of they've it. covered their losses, and this, right. and this and fifth one – they, they didn't have any – I, I really don't think they had any faith in it, and that's the reason yeah. they did what they did. Uh, yeah, they, I think so, too. I, I, I think that on the one hand – They did not – you put it this way. They didn't want to burn their viewers. They didn't want to burn yeah. their fans yeah. with a bad yeah. movie that they had to pay for. Okay. Right. So you throw it to Netflix, and the next Cloverfield movie, uh, if it's good enough, we'll put it in the theaters. I bet yeah. that's what and, they were. And, I bet that was what, can, what they were thinking. So and you can still spin that as very clever marketing. You yeah. You can still yeah. spin it as see, just like we did all the other ones. We did we did really clever marketing there. Yeah, I right. think I think I think that's probably true. I just I, I feel that maybe that's the problem with making movies into a franchise is you feel like you've got to make all these connections that I felt weren't completely necessary. Well, and we are we are in the midst of shared universe mania. Yes. Aren't we? Yes. I mean, uh indeed. And and Marvel Universe, uh the Marvel Cinematic Universe it, it kicked that kicked that off and they've just made, you know, it's like a it's like a mint. I mean, they have the, they have a license to print money with them. A with license them. to print money, absolutely. And, and and I would maintain that that the Marvel Cinematic Universe is not a franchise, it's a set of franchises. Right. 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 So you got Iron Man 1, 2 and 3 and that's yeah. its own thing and you've got uh, you know, you got Thor 1, 2, 3. Yeah, it's uh, but they but they are tied together. 
And uh, oh, definitely, and yeah. so if you if you t- if you tend to be a fan of of one of those sets of franchises, you tend to, you you will tend to be a, a fan of all of those sets of franchises. So it really is a a a uh, they have they have shown the world how to do it, and no one else has really been able to do it as well yet, though, uh, as, as as those guys. Universal's trying with their monster movies, and DC, of course, yeah, is that's not gonna, trying. That's not happening. You know, DC yeah. is trying. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think that creating a shared universe like that, it could just be lightning is going to strike the one time, right? Maybe and, so. Uh, maybe not. Maybe shared universes and all, every movie we see from now on will be part of a shared universe uh, because, because of the, 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 the money involved. But so far, only Marvel has really done it. Only Marvel has really created that and, and made it really work. Right now, there have been there have been series of films that have been franchises before, and it's interesting because I, I was thinking about this. Marvel has got this shared universe, which is all these like sequential or excuse me, concurrent franchises. Usually, you had sub franchises within a franchise, but they were sequential. So, for right. example, Star Trek has has been uh, multiple franchises. First, there were the original cast movies, then there were the Next Generation movies, then there were the Chris Pine current set right so, right so it's like three different three different series of movies all connected obviously to each other and all ha- having a lot to do with each other and there's a crossover with star trek generations and all that kind of stuff star trek the motion picture doesn't really fit in to any of them and you can think about the james bond movies are kind of like that too every time they changed james bonds right it was almost like a whole different series right it was all different like a sub franchise within the- well you know each each of the, those actors would bring their own take on what james bond was all about right i mean exactly you know, you, yeah Rod, if you're a roger moore fan it's a it's a bit jarring to go from uh, his his kind of goofy take on it which i liked right to to go go back and watch some sean connery or timothy dalton or one of those guys right it's just a, it's a completely right. different take yeah Right. Absolutely. And and the thing is, if you're if you're just kind of spinning them out like that, you get a bunch of different really cool movies. Right. You think about what Universal did when they tried to create their shared universe. I guess they made this mummy movie and then they had other things lined up that were going to be part of that universe. But one of the criticisms, I, I haven't seen that mummy movie, but one of the criticisms I heard is, you know, they did so much that they were obviously trying to create little backdoors to other things that it didn't allow the movie itself to have any legs, right? It, it's like there was no, there was no room there for, for an actual story. And what Marvel gets right consistently is, yeah, everything connects, but you got to have a fun story anyway. I'm, I'm finally, I just, I'm halfway through now. Spider-Man: Homecoming. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm, thing, I'm glad you're uh, getting around to watching. Uh, to me, that the, was a good thing. That was a lot of fun. Well, I, I, it's great fun. And the thing that really makes it work is that you could have the standalone. Peter Parker, Spider-Man, teenage comedy reboot, right? And have it not be connected to the Marvel Universe, it would still be a good movie, right? Right, the fact right. That it's, the, fact, the fact that it's connected to that just is like this added layer of multidimensional, makes it interesting, makes it more, makes it more fun. And that's how they do it, right? It's like if, uh, if Captain America pops up in a Thor movie or whatever, it's a fun moment, and you go, ah, that's great. And... Yeah, we we know of the connection between between these two characters, but the movie will stand on its own too, right? It's it's right. it's its own thing, and that's I, I think that's what they've that's what they've done really well and, there. And that, I don't that know has been, that, that has been well. some, there has been some criticism recently that uh, each each of these Marvel movies is just 
trying to drag you into the next movie without being its own story. And I, I, I disagree. I disagree, and I feel like you disagree too, Phil. That it's uh, they they the reason we go to the next movie is because we weren't burned by the last movie. The last movie was well, good, yeah, and it, still, it stands think, on its own. So I would say that's true, except maybe the weak link there is the Avengers movies themselves. That because that's always got to be the end of the world, and the world always has to be saved. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. they've always got this thing they have to do. And it's like you can't have as much kind of organic fun, just anything goes stuff happening. I'll tell you what, what I was thinking about, actually, I was watching Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan the other day. By the way, my favorite franchise of all time is... Star Trek two through Star Trek four. I'm going to count that as its own small little. Yeah, like, two, two, three, four is a, is its own trilogy. I, I completely it, agree. It, it and there's a, and with, a, with a fun epilogue in six. Skip five. You know, there's a. I, there's I, I, I don't care for five, and I'm one of the few who doesn't much care for six too. Really? I, okay. I, 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 yeah. I, I always yeah. liked six as kind of a fun epilogue to the the trilogy two, three, and four. So. Anyway, well, I'll say five, five is better than five is be, six is better than five. But I, so I mean I got to be more like you, right? They're both better than Sharknado, so I guess I like them both, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> right. <laughs> however you want to look at it. But, right. But what what I was gonna say is Star Trek Two. One of the things that was great about that was it's one of the few movies where they didn't feel like they had to save the universe, right? There was a and, and three was that way too. There's a lot going on and it's important, but they didn't have to save Earth. Yeah. They were just you, you know they were in the middle of a really I mean, things were at stake, but it wasn't save Earth, right? I think right. if you can if if you can have characters do something besides save the world, you're you're, you're in a good direction. That that would be my one tip for the event. Yeah, well, if four, in four they saved Earth, but in a fun and unique way, right? So yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah was, it, it, was, um, it was a good way to save Earth. One, they saved Earth. Big deal, you know. Four. They saved Earth, so that's maybe the weakest of those three in some ways. Although I love that movie, that, that that would be that would be my only take. And so now I've said my. What's your all-time favorite franchise, Stephen? Uh, probably Mar- the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, the you Star know, Wars original cool. trilogy is, you know, that's a thing of beauty. Those three, those three yeah. original movies. But yeah, I would I'd probably say uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I just I love exploring every nook and cranny of that, including you know when Guardians of the Galaxy came out. I, I said, you know what. This thing is so awesome because it introduced and it introduced me to four new characters that I never knew about before. Never read a mm-hmm. single comic book with these guys in it, and yep, yep. and made me care about them. And and right. they're off in you know in far in some far corner of the galaxy doing stuff that has nothing to do with Earth. And I still loved every minute of it. At least the first one. The se- the second one was a little weaker. And I said, you know what? They've got something special here. This thing, you know, could go forever. You know, I mean, at some point, the actors that are that are playing these the these original, you know, guys, Iron Man and Thor and, and Hulk, they're going to want to hang it up. But uh, you know, you can you can keep going with just you know all kinds of weird characters. I mean, they they're, they're talking about bringing Squirrel Squirrel Girl into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which I think is hilarious and. Uh, <laughs> And you know, I mean, you know, you bring in little obscure things like that, and and just and you you don't try to be too serious, and you you uh, you have a level of challenge that's uh, that's right for that character, right? You, you have uh, you know something to overcome. Uh, fun stuff. I think you could. You I got could four have... words for you, Stephen. I got four words for you. Okay. What's up, Howard the Duck? 
reboot. Yeah, they could okay. make a get Howard the, the Duck the, movie. Make it happen, the, you know. Give James the, Gunn Howard the, the Duck movie, movie, and you could actually make something hilarious. And it would be, you know, and it it, it would be, you know, it's one of those movies that Howard the Duck is the original movie was so bad that I mean that could be part of the marketing. You know, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's got to be better than the last one, right? Come on and watch our movie. You know, <laughs> here we're taking one of the worst movies of all time and remake. We're gonna, hey, you know how you, you know? I could see the marketing in it this way. You know how you hate it when they take the perfect movie and they try to remake it and they make crap. <laughs> We've got crap, and we're going to make it into a great movie. Come see it. You know, <laughs> you know, so. That's a great yeah. idea. Yeah, I think they all Well, if they do it, hey, believe me, I will go see it. I will go see it. I've already got, <laughs> I'm I've already got plans to go see Black Panther possibly this weekend, so I never go see these things when they first come out, so that, that'll be a that'll be a, a new thing, too. But um, you know what, Stephen? We're, we're completely out of time. We're just running along here. We could probably talk for another 90 minutes about uh, movie <laughs> franchises. Well, that's fun stuff. It's just it's so much fun. fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, we, we, we have geeked out. I think about as thoroughly as we as we should allow ourselves to, unless there was anything else you wanted to add on the subject of movie franchise. I'll give you the last word. Okay. Well, nothing about movie franchises. Um, yep. I'm uh, working through reality is not what it seems. The journey to uh, to quantum gravity in 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 Audible. So I'm enjoying oh, that. Uh, I, you're traveling. You ought to you ought to get you an audio book and uh, enjoy it, Phil, while you're while you're traveling. So the weirdest thing I did on my trip, I bought a book. And I was reading it on the plane. Can you <laughs> An actual that? paper book. How about that? I, I, I went into the I went into the gift shop to get a bottle of water, and I saw a novel by Michael Crichton I had never heard of before. Which one? And I'm like, what? Uh, well, I, now I can't think of the name of it, and I, I don't have it in front of me. But it's 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 called Dragon something. It's got the word dragon in the title, and if you look at the the cover, it looks like a Jurassic Park book. And, uh, and so I had to grab it, you know, and I'm like looking at it, and apparently this is a found manuscript. Apparently this is a book he wrote, and they didn't know about it. And Dragon Teeth? In the Old West. Dragon Teeth, I guess, yeah. Yeah, okay. Do you know the book? Uh, no, I don't. I've just, I I'm Googled it. Uh, oh, okay. Dragon, Dragon Teeth. Google is our friend. Okay. So yeah. it's set in the Old West. Uh, there's paleontologists in it. I don't know if we're going to see any actual dinosaurs. That seems very unlikely. I'm, I'm about halfway through it now, and it's just a fun page-turning kind of thing, and also kind of fun to read a book. <laughs> that's, that's a that's a uh, a skill that you're renewing, right? Uh, we we just don't you know we just don't do that enough anymore. Yeah. Dragon Teeth, written in 1974 and published posthumously in uh, in in May of 2017. So this this is new to your bookstore, isn't it, Phil? So that's that's pretty cool. How about that? Cool. Yeah. So check it out, folks. I recommend the first half anyway. I, I can't tell you <laughs> That's about how that. much you've read so far. Awesome. <laughs> what happens in the second half. All right. Well, great geeking out, Stephen. We've had a fun week. And uh, guess what, folks? We're going to come back next week and do the same thing once again. Three brand new shows. Look forward to being with you all then. And until next time, live to see it. Mm-hmm.